Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. And welcome back to another edition of the Underdog Nasty Podcast, AAC edition. My name is Dan Morrison. That is Emily Van Buskirk. How are you doing today, Emily? I'm doing better than the last time we recorded. So ready yeah. ready to talk about this championship business. Awesome. Yeah, it's a quick 24-hour turnaround for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I've been dealing with some health stuff this week. And um, my my health is weird. Like, I hate going to the doctor. I hate it. I hate going to the dentist. And so I will not go unless it's like dire. And at that point, then that means the emergency room because that's yeah. where we're at. <laughs> so. so yeah, you're kind of like a, a stray pet that like goes mm. and says, I'm fine. I'm fine. Then goes, I'm like, fine. And it's then it's time to yeah. die. And you go. Yeah. No, so yep, that's me. And then I go in there to the like ER and they're just a dead cat on the back porch. <laughs> I would have the audacity to die on somebody's porch. I guarantee it. Oh, I'm not even kidding. Like I'm probably going to do like that to my parents. Nine, 10 years old we went and there's just a dead cat in the back porch. I'm wearing like all my like youth football gear and I have to go to practice. My mom's like crying. The tour. So oh my God, it was fun. Awful. Well, I am, I'm better. They told me at the hospital, they're like, yeah, we think you're fine. They, <laughs> they can never find every time I go in there, I have weird symptoms. Like this happened last year. This time I got this really bad eye infection in both my eyes. I couldn't see like, and they're just like, mm, we don't know. Do Here's a think- bunch of antibiotics. Like, good luck. Do you think because this is by far the busiest time of year for anyone who does anything with college football? Mm. Do you think that it could just be like burning just... yourself out and you're like, yeah. immune system's like, immune hey, system's hey, like, like bye. hey <laughs> yeah. have some orange juice, have a little green tea, take 24 and just like, yeah, I think that's definitely sure you hydrate. what it is. <laughs> you know? Although this year I feel like I took more breaks than usual, but I also went harder. Like the coastal Carolina weekend nearly killed me. So hey, that's just how you got to rock and roll. Yeah, Sometimes you gotta uh, let, but I'm gotta taking this Myrtle weekend off. Yeah. Not going to any championship games. I was supposed to go to two, ended up with zero. So I'll be home. Uh, yeah, I know that Pac-12 was giving a hard time. Big 10 uh, pull out too. Yeah, Big 10 also was like, nope, sorry, like no space. And I heard it was because they didn't expect Michigan to be in. So they had to scramble to accommodate Michigan, like media and all their people, which is a lot. But then also because Michigan got in a bunch of the college football playoff people wanted to now go and see oh, the game. And so we stupid. got ousted because of them. Yeah. So great. Whatever. whatever. Nothing is more humbling. And it's cold in Indianapolis this time. Yeah. But okay. For someone who works as hard as Kim and I did this year, mm-hmm. nothing is more humbling for a journalist than championship weekend. So yeah. You're reminded, I will be at home. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're reminded, reminded where you, yeah. You're, you don't have, uh, you're not that four letter network all of a sudden. No, you're not. So I will be on my couch, but this is great because now I get to watch the AAC game, which is what I wanted. So exactly. Uh, speaking of the AAC game, mm-hmm. you know, nice little transition. Thank you. Yeah. It was, we, a late, it was a little alley-oop for you. <laughs> I, I need it. Uh, no, Houston Cincinnati kicking mm-hmm. off and it's going to be, that's at Cincinnati, correct? I'm not going yes. crazy. Yes. Be- there's better record hosts in the American. That's how it does. Yes. No new. I love that. Here. 
Oh, I, I, I think it's a lot of fun to do it that way. Yeah. Um, I was just, they've got the same record in conference, which tripped me off for just a half second there, but no, Cincinnati's got the better overall record. Yeah. Uh, anyways. And I think that's the very first thing you have to look at is like advantage Cincinnati in this game, because Nippert's tough to play at and it's going to be cold. And frankly, Houston in the cold, it's not a great combination. Okay. It's, uh, cold it's going to be fine. It's going to be matter. fine. No cold matters to play in football. I'm telling you. That's what Corey Dublin said. Remember? Yeah, it is. And he was 100% right. Your hands go numb. It's harder to catch the ball. It's harder to throw the ball. Turnovers happen easier, especially if you're not used to it. So I think that's the very first thing is we're going to see a big advantage in, uh, you know, in Cincinnati's direction right off the bat, just because of the home crowd and that weather. With that being said, I'm really looking forward to this game because I'm so excited. I think it's going to be one of the better games of championship weekend to watch. I literally was just on radio in Iowa and was telling people that this is the game that you should watch and why I was going to watch it over SEC. I was like, let me give you the reasons why this is going to be a better game than the SEC championship game. And I stand by that. Well, it's going to be a better game because George is not going to be there. Anytime George is there, you're just like, oh man, it's just, it's, boring and demoralizing so boring. at the same time yeah and kirby smart is a kind of guy every time i interview him i just want to pop him one because he just is so <laughs> i don't know why but he it's bothers the haircut. me it's the haircut it's, it's be the, the smugness and like i think man, it's because that big a contract can afford better hair <laughs> i am just like uh, i want to right in the face but um it's no fine. it's like do you remember nick saban back? will take care of it for me so i'm not worried <laughs> i mean i disagree there i know Ooh. No, Georgia's winning that game. And frankly, Cincinnati needs Georgia to win that game because if Alabama wins, that's a spot missing uh, in the top four. Because Alabama wins, they're both in. Georgia wins, I don't think they can put a two-loss non-conference champion in. I, you know, And I do think that there's a good chance, even with the Cincinnati win, not to kind of get into the playoff too quickly before we talk about the game itself. I think Oklahoma State with a win over Baylor could very easily jump Cincinnati in this. You were saying that. That's yeah. got to bum you, out a lot of Cincinnati fans. Well, do you remember like the very uh, first playoff that happened in TCU was in the rankings up until conference championship weekend and the Big 12 at the time didn't have a championship game? Mm-hmm. And then they got jumped by Ohio State, who did play a championship game. And mm-hmm. then the committee came out and said, well, now we've got another data point. Now we know more information about Ohio State. Now we think that they're better than them. It's not that TCU didn't do anything, or that it's not that TCU did anything wrong. It's that they didn't do anything right this weekend when Ohio State did. Now, Houston would be a ranked win, but it's a much lower ranked win than beating Baylor would be for Oklahoma State. And i telling you, I know that we want to be positive about Cincinnati and what they're possibly doing. And if they do it, I'm going to be through the roof happy for them. I'm just very, very cynical about the playoff committee. And if, you know, and if Oklahoma State wins and if Alabama wins, I think there's not going to be a spot available. Alabama loses and Oklahoma State wins, it changes up again a little bit. You know, Michigan loses, it changes again. There's a lot of different scenarios that ha- happen in Cincinnati's in really good shape, way better than I thought they'd be at the start of the year. But I, I choose to be cynical and I fully believe that Oklahoma State has every ability to jump Cincinnati this weekend. I mean, I understand why you would think that way. It's, it's hard to hear. It's a hard pill to swallow, but that is 
the reality of the college football world that we live in. So yeah. Cincinnati, I think the only way they secure a place is by blowing out Houston, which I think will carry weight in it games would. that are going to be kind of close this weekend. Yeah. Because Houston is ranked. We mm-hmm. you know, don't, and Houston should be a top 10. They're a good team. Like, yeah. Houston should yeah. be much higher than they are, but they are ranked. Did you know that their conference, it, their schedule is like the second weakest in the country. I didn't well, know that. To be honest, I could have told you that because <laughs> for weeks I was kind of like sketching how good Houston actually was. Cause I was like, well, you lost to Texas tech. Then it was like rice grambling Navy. It was just not a good string of games to the midway point of the year. And it was a, uh, it was the SMU game where I started to like, be like, all right, Houston's mm-hmm. for real. And that was pretty deep into the year. You know, they didn't have to play Cincinnati this year. They didn't have to play UCF this year. Right. Or I'm not forget. I'm not missing a game there. No. No, they didn't. They, I should pull up their schedule. Just no, I, I more or less haven't memorized. You know, ECU took them to overtime, and they beat SMU. So those are kind of like the top half of the conference. Well, see, and the SMU they win normally. Normally, SMU that would be a big win, especially because it's in state. But SMU just SMU was kind of yeah. SMU in November was a disaster. Let's just, yeah. They played Rice. And they played Grambling State, which I love those teams, but they're not going to move bad. the needle. They're yeah, bad. let's face it. You know, like it's not a knock on. Yeah, well, it, it is a knock when you. Say it it bad, is but a like, knock. But it, it's not to be rude, but they are. You are right. what you are at some point. Like beating Tulane didn't move the needle this year, even though we like them. <laughs> beating Temple doesn't move the needle. I have some beating Tulane UConn doesn't move the needle. I have some Tulane news, but I'm going to wait for a later podcast before I flesh Ooh, it out. Off-season yeah. stuff. Off-season. More from, not about coaches, but player, player perspective. I talked to some guys that were, you know, are grappling with, do they want to leave? Do they want to stay? Yeah. And why? And I had, the we're going to have a candid conversation about why, it, what happened. Mm-hmm. And I, it's funny because they don't feel as discouraged um, as I do, like, I'm upset, but they were just like, look, we got, we were close in some games. We, we just didn't do it. Like we played better than you realize. And I was like, okay, but how hmm. can you hang your hat on that? You know what I mean? Like, but they're I, not discouraged. So that's good. Well, not to, to divert too deep into like what Tulane season was this year, but, yeah. we, but like, it was an incredibly difficult out-of-conference schedule. Oklahoma, Ole Miss, UAB, that's not an easy out-of-conference slate. Yeah. Then they were displaced by the hurricane. And that just, like, throws off your ability to, first off, really compete in those games because you're dealing with a lot of other things. And also, frankly, it makes it more difficult to practice and fix those problems that you might be working through in the month of September that a lot of teams do work through. Uh, so then you're working through those problems in October once you're back home at a point when everyone else has worked through their problems. And then by November, we kind of saw them, oh, like this is a team that's figured a lot of things out, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I thought they figured a ton out and got really pretty good on that side of the ball. But, you know, I think they were just like a month behind everyone because of the hurricane, you know? Yeah. And and I think that was part of it where like you can feel like confident if you're a player because you felt yourself improve. But, you know, the ones just never did really come for them. Uh, Hey, a thing with, I'm going to divert us back to the AAC championship game here. And I think it's going to come down to whether or not Ritter can throw deep on Mm. Houston in a lot of respects. That's always been kind of my critique on Desmond Ritter's. He knows that offense pretty perfectly well. He knows how to make reads in the RPO game. He's a good runner when he wants to be. 
my concern has always been, can he stand in the pocket and throw 15 or more yards downfield? And he's been really reliant on Alec Pierce this season to get that done and hit him on deep balls. And Pierce is a really good underrated wide receiver in this conference who can make a lot of spectacular catches. I don't know how easy that's going to be to do when Marcus Jones is covering you though. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the issue that teams have had playing Cincinnati in reverse. Yeah. You can have a lot of great athletes on offense in this conference. There's a lot of teams with good wide receivers. SMU is a great example of that. But when you've got a couple first round corners on the other side, then guy likes, you know, sauce Gardner, for instance, mm. well, and they take that away. It makes the whole offense not flow the same way. And I think there's a good chance Houston can take that away. And Houston's defensive line is sack happy. If they're going to keep, you know, as long as they can keep Ritter in the pocket and make him throw downfield, I think Cincinnati's offense will be in trouble. Now, if Ritter breaks contain a couple times or, you know, then you're going to get a different vibe from the game. But I do think Houston's defense is as perfectly designed as anyone to stop that from happening. I was waiting for you to, how long it was going to take for you to mention the sauce. But, you know, he's a good player. He's a first round corner. <laughs> He really is. So I mean, he is good, but I think you just really like saying his name. His name's Gardner, but like everyone. Everybody calls, calls him Sauce. The yeah. Sauce. The Sauce Gardner. Love that. Love that for him. Yeah. Um, I echo your sentiment. I don't really have. I don't really have much more to add other than just to address the biggest issue in this game that I think everyone's making a huge deal of, which we touched on earlier, is the schedule. Like you line up Houston's mm-hmm. versus Cincy's. Okay, Houston's not impressive. Cincinnati's is more impressive. I don't want to say they didn't play a full-strength Notre Dame team, so let's just calm down with that. Yeah, Notre Dame in November was a lot better than that Notre Dame team that they played now. Yes, and that's I want that to be clear. Like Notre Dame figured out its quarterback situation. Right. Season went on, and Stephens got better. Right, and they were clearly not – like in order in that game. So I frankly have not given you enough crap about the Stanford Notre Dame game yet. Hmm. You know. What is yeah. there even to say about it? Well, you were there to watch Brian Kelly's last game. At I watched Notre Dame. one. I watched one half. My sister could not take. Well, it's twenty-four nothing yeah, at the half, right? Yeah, we left. We good. were like, no. that, here. I'll give you points to Stanford. Uh, they're the only team in the month of November to score Notre Dame's defense a touchdown on Notre mm. Dame's defense. Mm. So you know, I don't know how they did it. I really. I, well, there was I, the fumble that set them up on the oh, ten yard well, there line. There you go. I'll tell you this. The backups weren't after that. It haunts me. Uh, Let me just go on this tangent for a second. That last play of the half where David Shaw forced his sophomore kicker. Okay. Who was 10 of 15 on the year to kick a 59 yard field goal with three seconds left on the clock. Why? Just throw the the Hail Mary. Just throw the Hail Mary. And I understand. Okay. Maybe it gets intercepted in the end zone. They run it back. Worst case scenario. They run it back for a touchdown. How is that any worse than the 24 zero? Then you're already losing. Oh, that haunts me to this day that he made that call and made that poor kid go out there. Like he was going to make a 59 yard field goal. Get out of here. Since we haven't heard anything about Shaw yet, that makes me assume he's back next year. I can't even talk about it. I can't. I, know I said they're never going to get, they're not going to get rid of him. The only way you get rid of David Shaw, who by the way, now is the second highest paid, making $9.8 million a year. Do you know how many millions that is per win? Uh, they three. had three wins this year. Yeah, it's so, like yeah. Three, 3.3 million per win this year. Um, I mean, they can't, they're not going to get rid of them. No, okay. No, no, Dan, they do not. Did you know last year they tried to cut 10 
different. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because they did not have money to finance them, but you could pay your head coach $9 million to win three games. No, no, I will not stand. I cannot. So the only way this is going to be resolved is if they get rid of Bernard Muir, the AD, because he will not fire David Shaw, just like he wouldn't fire Johnny Dawkins, just like he won't fire Jared Hawes, who should also be gone. Um, he's not going to do it. So the only way to get rid of Shaw at this point is to get rid of the AD. And that has to be done by the school and the boosters and whatnot. And it, it won't happen. So we're in this cycle in a cul-de-sac of emotion where we can't get out. And it's never going to end until David Shaw decides to leave. How many four or three win seasons in a row can you just like, and this is so off topic from the AC championship game, but realistically, how many three or four win seasons in a row can you go anywhere and just like be ignored by it? Because at some point, you know, at Stanford, Shaw's been there long enough to show a downturn and uh, the mm-hmm. program get worse over time. Mm-hmm. There's, but there's plenty of places where coaches go and like they'll get to a point where, hey, I can consistently win this amount of games mm-hmm. a year and they can't do better than that. You know, uh, how and many maybe years that's in a row what maybe we need to do something to try to be better than that. It should be already, it's too many already because 2019, he won four games. In 2020, they won four, and that was that was actually four. They were four and two because of the season. 20, 2019, they won four, right? Yeah, they only won four games in a regular season in 2019. Then COVID hit, and they won four games out of six, which is, okay, better. And then this year, they win three. So now we're seeing progressively getting worse, and there's still no talk of, like, any changes being made. And I guarantee we'll see a defensive coordinator fired. And then maybe – I don't know what's going to happen to Tavita, the offensive coordinator, but it really doesn't matter because whoever is offensive coordinator doesn't do anything anyways. David yeah. Shaw calls all the plays. He used to only call the plays in the red zone. Now he calls the plays all the time. What? That's so stupid. Why would you call so plays stupid. in the red zone but not – like? Like, because he didn't I've trust him in the that. red zone. He I've didn't never trust. Heard of that. I've yeah. never heard of that. Before. You know who knows all about this? Who who I need to get to and talk to is Mike Bloomgren, the mm-hmm. Rice head coach. There's a reason that Mike Bloomgren left his offensive coordinator job at Stanford for head coach at Rice. There's a reason that that happened. Yeah, I mean, and that should make sense to you. Job. I get why exactly. Rice wanted him, but but that doesn't know. make sense why he would leave that, right? So, anyways, well, we're. But I can't, I don't, I can't go on about Stanford. It's, it's upsetting, but Back. I will tell you, I will tell you this. I am going to pick Houston in this game. Ooh, yeah. different thing. I think, I think this is the game where they finally show Cincinnati's weaknesses and why they should not be in the college football playoff. I think Cincinnati is a fantastic team. Cincinnati fans. I want that on the record. I think they're great. I do not think that they can compete with the Georgias and the Alabama. Can you imagine Cincinnati, Michigan, while my, entertaining my is not a game? I also don't think that like Oklahoma State, in all fairness, can compete with those teams. I, the, I agree you know, with you. All right. So, yes, Oklahoma State, they wouldn't beat Georgia. We know that. They probably wouldn't beat Alabama. We know that. they. I don't think they'd beat Michigan. I don't think they'd beat Notre Dame. I don't think that they'd beat Ohio State. I don't think they'd I was going to ask you if the we... teams like all the way down. I don't think they'd beat anyone in those, you know, that grouping. Frankly, I don't think they'd beat Cincinnati either. You know, I mean, this is an Oklahoma State team that we watched struggle with Tulsa this season, struggle with Missouri yeah. State this season. They came from a Big 12 this year that was frankly bad. Like Oklahoma or Oklahoma was not themselves. Texas was terrible. TCU was terrible. Like mm-hmm. Texas Tech was awful. Uh, you know, to just go down the list. Baylor and Oklahoma State were the only two teams who were better than you would normally expect them to be. You know, 
And mm-hmm. how good how good is Baylor? I don't really know, to be honest with you. I've only watched them play like twice this year. That's the thing is I don't know either, but from all the indications that I've seen and heard, and it seems like they're good in a way that could withstand Alabama, Georgia good, like physical good, like athletic good, like dog on dog fight good. So I would take a Baylor or mm-hmm. Michigan over a Cincinnati yeah. or Ohio State because oh. Ohio State's uh, more like streamlined as opposed I, to. See, I don't, I wouldn't take anyone in the Big 12 over Cincinnati, but my point is like, just because Cincinnati probably doesn't stand a chance against Georgia. And we saw them play them in the Peach Bowl last year and put up a really, really good fight, though, admittedly, under different circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it makes a difference to me, you know, yeah. which team it is. And frankly, I don't know why Oklahoma State gets so much more love than Baylor does in the Big 12. Like, Oklahoma State's number five, Baylor's like number 10-ish, right? I think it's, it's and Mike I don't Gundy's a, mullet, isn't it? He cut the mullet. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, so maybe it's a cut them all because like maybe they both, now he they looks both beat more... Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma State beat Baylor, right? I'm not. Maybe it's because he looks. I think that's more why like they're technically higher. Is that they, they want play him head to head. look? Because people are tired of Oklahoma. That's why people like Oklahoma State now. They're done with Oklahoma, and this is the only other option. So, T Boone Pickens ass school. Uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah. So like, I just I Cincinnati. I'm picking Cincinnati to win this game. I'm gonna say this. Yes. Yes. I do think that if Houston has a chance, uh, Houston's offense needs to be effective and that means mm-hmm. they need to stick to the ground game. I don't think that there's a way to realistically throw on Cincinnati. You know, I think Clayton Toon's shown a lot of improvement this year from past seasons, but taking shots into that secondary and sitting back and waiting for the pass rush to get to you isn't the way to do it against the Bearcats. Attack right. the linebackers. That's where they're weakest on defense and it's not that weak there, but you got to run it on them. Uh, you never, you never did our tally um, from last, last week, week. Yes, so I forgot maybe we do could that. do that. Yeah, mm, I do have it right in front of me here. Perfect. Last week I went five and one. You were mm. three and three. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that happened. not a great week. <laughs> yeah, let me look here because a lot of teams just really let me down. So yeah, because you chose mm. SMU to beat Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I don't both. know really why I did that, but that was pre Sunny Dykes leaving. Yeah, well, I didn't know that. I, yeah, I picked them based on Tulsa having something to play for and SMU occasionally laying yeah. an egg in that situation. But I also yeah. didn't, if, if I know known Dykes was going to leave, I would have not picked them, so. <laughs> Excuse. Uh, <sighs> we, we were both on Tulane. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you were on East Carolina beats and saying, because you just want the Bearcats <laughs> to lose. <laughs> just, I wanted to burn it all down. So yeah, I thought so. Mike Houston might, but, you know. <laughs> Shout out Mike Houston for his extend contract extension we don't know the details yet but we are excited to hear them i hope it's a long tenure there i'm gonna be very interested in that and i'm probably gonna be i don't know when because i'm waiting for those details i've got Mm -hmm. research and stuff like that but i'm gonna be looking to write an article basically based on what do contracts look like in the new american because okay because we don't know what the media deal is going to look like once ucf houston and cincinnati leave in the uh, six new conference usa schools enter because there's there's a clause that basically means they have to renegotiate it once there's this kind of change to the conference landscape so the seven million dollars a year from the media deal is probably not what it will be going forward i don't know what it will be so i'll be interested to see how aggressive teams are being with money when the future is a little uncertain uh anyways my record on the season 65 and 24 yours is 53 and 35 we've got the conference championship game left 
and we've got bowl season. We've also got army Navy. You're going to go. Yeah, to army Navy. I got, am. We're against the clock here because of commitments that we've made to other, to just be Ooh, all over got, the place. We got like five more. We're good. We got five minutes. Okay. So yeah. So let's get a little army Navy talking real quick. Yeah. You're going into the game. What are you thinking? Wait, what was my, read me the total again. The, the You're season at total. 53 and 35. I'm at 65 and 24. I think for there's you no to, way for me to make it I up. Think you, right? I think I'd have to get every bowl conference yeah. championship and uh, army Navy wrong. And you'd have to get them all right. We'll so. see. I'm just going to try and make up ground, but yeah, let's talk army Navy. I want to start with the uh, uniforms. Yeah. We have the, they're perfect. They're perfect. Incredible. Like honestly, when those came out, I probably watched that video of the aircraft carrier um, a million times. And I had to explain to my sister, she's like, I don't understand why is Navy doing this video on an aircraft carrier with like planes and stuff. I was like, Liz, my sister, who should be smarter than that because she's an assistant district attorney. Um, every branch of our military has their own little branch, subset branches of, you know, ships, planes, whatever, to provide support. And to the automobiles. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So she did not know that. Maybe somebody out there didn't know that. I don't know, but now, you know, so if you have a minute, definitely go watch the video on Navy's Twitter or, or their, you know, football page. Um, it's pretty incredible. If it doesn't fire you up about America, then I don't really know what to tell you. No, absolutely. That was a really cool video. Can you get real nerdy about aircraft carriers in World War II if I wanted? Mm. I'm not going mm. to because I, we don't have time. Maybe another no, when say, we preview it. They weren't there at Pearl yeah. Harbor, so like that's kind of how we won in the Pacific. So just throw it out mm. there if you're, you know, there's all those World War II and color things you can go watch. It's fun. Uh, it's not fun, but it's what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not fun, but it's what it is. That's yeah. the story of our podcast. That is our tagline. This, it's not fun, but it's what it is. Yeah, God. <laughs> Love that for us. Love that for us. 122nd edition of the Army Navy football game. Yes. And it's pretty crazy. It's pretty much, in my opinion, a must watch game every year. Yeah. In and out in under two hours almost every year. It's great like that. Someone Uh, said on Twitter that they couldn't stand watching that much triple option. And I was like, how dare you? That's probably the only time they ever try to watch it all year to begin with. So, like, their opinion how dare you the triple option is an amazing offense to watch especially it's the most you, american offense ever especially if you like even just sort of understand what's going on you don't need to like understand all the yeah. blocking scheme and all the details of like the counters that they add to it but like if you just understand like the very basic of it and why they run it i think it's incredibly interesting to watch and when mm-hmm. it's operating at its best i think it's beautiful to watch too it's yeah. like precision and i really like it I also like all the modern variations that you see at a place like Georgia Southern or Coastal Carolina too. But this game itself, not going to be a lot of passing. I don't no. know what the over-under is in this game, but the military academy games hit the under at something insane, like a 98% chance it hits the under. So don't expect a lot of points, but still a ton of fun. Ton this of- game is being played at MetLife Stadium. This is the first time... Jersey. That America's most storied patriotic football game, I love that description, will be played at MetLife Stadium. And the fifth time the game is played in New Jersey. The previous four games were played at Giant Stadium, the most recent in 2002 when Navy beat Army 58 to 12. Yeah, it's, yeah, normally I feel like it's played in either the DC Baltimore area, mm-hmm. DC Baltimore, Annapolis. or a Philly, yeah. not Annapolis, like a FedEx no. Field, usually, okay. I think, uh, where they, well, we're excited. Plays. It's in my friend, Kim, my photographer, Kim, it's in her backyard. She lives in New Jersey. So okay. she covers a lot of games for the NFL at MetLife. So we're, 
Very oh, excited. Dude. I did look up the seniors, you know, and their assignments, their service mm-hmm. assignments. So if you guys want to see that whole list, it's on the navysports.com um, service assignments for the class of 2022. So I thought that I would at least name um, a couple of the guys who are going to be flight naval officers, which is what the theme of the video was. Um, and one that will surprise you, or maybe not, Isaac, Ru- I don't know how you say his last name, Ruos. 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 I can't, I can never say it correctly, but yeah, um, I, I hate to take a guess when I don't know for sure because no. I just feel dumb. I, I'm pretty sure it's Ruos, but um, he's going to be a Marine Corps pilot. Mm-hmm. So there's actually several pilots Chance Warren, Navy pilot, Daniel Taylor, Navy pilot, yeah. and Ben Fee, Naval Flight Officer. So there's a few yeah. guys that are going to be flying planes. So I thought that was cool that they get to be integrated in that video. Um, Absolutely. Uh, who are you taking to win? Um, I don't, I really Army's haven't. won the last few times, if I'm not mistaken. I know they won last year. It was like Navy couldn't do anything on offense. That was at West Point, though. This is really tough for me because their tight ends coach, Matt Drinkall, is a friend of mine and he would hate it if I picked against them. But I kind of want to, I mean, one can stick in the Duke job anyways. Just pick. <laughs> yeah. People are saying they're almost, the Army's almost guaranteed to retain the Commander in Chief's trophy um, with yeah, its are. win over Air Force earlier. Because, yeah, Navy lost to Air Force. Yeah. Army beat them. But if Navy wins the game, the trophy will be shared, but Army yeah. will keep it at West Point as tradition dictates. Yeah. So that kind of sucks that you're playing for a trophy to share that you don't get to have. At least it's not theirs outright. Who are you picking? Navy. You're going to pick Navy? Yeah, all day long. Well, then, uh, but see, I, I want to pick Navy, but I feel like I'm going to pick Army to keep it interesting. No, go Navy, beat Army. Come on. I, I, it's just like I want everyone to have fun. I want both teams to have fun. <laughs> One team's got to lose. How about, do it like this. Who sings second? Just say it like that. So you're not <laughs> mm. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go Navy as well, but okay. I do. I'm not, no, I'm going Army. No, oh, I'm going Army. Army. Trying to catch up in the standings. Yeah, a little bit. But also, <laughs> like, I think Army's going to win. Unfortunately, okay. I think it's going to be a good game, though. Army's but. won the last few times, like I said. So, yeah. you know, Jeff Munkin's a really good coach. We will see. Jeff Munkin and I have bumped heads. You want to hear a funny story really quick? So I, I covered army, um, this last year during the pandemic, it was my first game. They were playing middle Tennessee. So I go out there and it was crazy, like COVID procedure. Cause it was like, right. The first game of the year on an army base. So it was nuts. So I go to the game and only the cadets were there. There was no mm-hmm. fans. It was only cadets, which was kind of cool. Um, and after the game, I, I, uh, they have a DJ, mm-hmm. they have a stadium DJ at army, which I think is interesting because some teams you in the country, exactly but the music was fire and i remember i was listening to it before the game and i was like okay this can't be a recording like this has to be live as a former dj myself i, I recognized you know the, that there was someone doing that so i go find him to do an interview for a series i do called um, confessions of a college football dj i've done interviews with the clemson dj the louisville dj um just a bunch of the Cal DJ, a bunch of them. So I was like, Oh, cool. I have an angle for the story. Cause this, the game wasn't great. So I go interview him, whatever. And then I go on the zoom. There wasn't an in press conference. Like it was zoom still. So I go on the call and I wanted to ask, you know, about the music. Like I wanted to ask what the players thought, like what the coach thought. And I was straight up denied asking the question because the coach didn't want to talk about it. So they were like, they were like, no, you can't ask your question. They wouldn't even let me ask. 
You and I was like, you can't yeah. ask. Yourself. I feel like that's like I the couldn't least- ask Jeff Munkin about <laughs> like the music in the stadium because he didn't want to talk about that. So I was kind of like, that's not cool. Like I thought this was America, and I could ask whatever maybe, questions I wanted. Maybe but. he's got no idea and doesn't want to admit he's got no idea what's going on with the music. He could just say that. Like Justin Wilcox, when I asked him, was like, honestly, like I don't really pay that much attention to it, but the recruits look like they're having fun. So great. Yeah, Justin Wilcox not taking the Washington job. Or not being well, not being offered the Washington job might be more I know, accurate. Bizarre because well, I guarantee he didn't want it. I think that like he they could have offered it to him. We don't know. But uh, again, they true. wanted him. I thought Kalen DeBoer is a better hire, anyways. I agree. I think it's a great hire, but I, I can tell you right now that Justin Wilcox wasn't going to take it. So even if they did offer it to him, it's a moot point, which is what I told everyone that was you know, saying Justin Wilcox to Washington. But anyways, well, that's my he, Jeff Munkin oh, story. That's why I'm yeah. whatever Jeff Munkin. Yeah. Your beloved Cal fun. has to make up their USC game this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. And forgotten and no one's going to pay attention to it. Yeah, it's a good time. I think more people might watch that though than the Pac-12 championship game because the Lincoln Riley stuff. Is Lincoln Riley coaching the game? No, but he'll be yeah. there. And like, people are going to watch to see like, you know, I don't know. I, don't. I I hope people don't watch a game that means nothing to two teams that aren't going to a bowl. Correct, Neil. Yeah, neither of them. I don't, I don't think, so. think USC's at five ones. I think they're at four. I'm pretty but sure Cal's not either. I, I feel like I haven't heard of Cal scoring more than ten points. All. Who do you think is going to have a longer career at their new school, Lincoln Riley or um, Brian Kelly? Lincoln Riley. Brian Kelly's fired in three years. Three years. I, Do you I think, think that Lincoln Riley this. leaves for the NFL before Brian Kelly gets fired? No. Okay. No, I Should, think it'll Bra- be interesting to watch. <laughs> not not to do, get too far into it, but Brian Kelly tried to pull a complete coup and take the entire yeah. Notre Dame coaching staff with him to LSU, and one by one, they've wow. turned him down. They offered Tommy Reese a $400,000 like more than he was getting paid at Notre Dame, which would more than double his salary, and he told them no to stay at Notre Dame. He tried to get Marcus Freeman to come and be the highest paid defense coordinator in the country. Notre Dame made him the head coach. At, you know, mm-hmm. they tried his defensive line coach who has been with him since he was the head coach of central Michigan, staying at Notre Dame, his strength and conditioning coach, staying at Notre Dame, running backs coach, Lance Taylor, who, you know, uh, pretty well from his time at Stanford, Please. staying at Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. You know, guys, right. Not every coach has said what they're doing yet, but like, it was clear that like he offered pretty much that entire staff to come with him and they one by one more or less turned him down. And that's, and that's the but, first sign to me that something is not quite right now. You can still put together a good staff. It's still LSU. I'm sure they don't like how it happened. It may not be a reflection of who he is as a person, but they definitely don't like how it went down. There's a story that's been going around from Robert Sala, the uh, Jets current coach, and uh, Matt uh, LaFleur, the Packers coach, who were grad assistants when he was at Central Michigan. And mm-hmm. they apparently once thought that Brian Kelly invited them to a dinner party, but in reality, he made them shovel his walkway and driveway and then park everyone's cars. Mm. So like, I don't think he's thought of super highly as terms of his okay. quality person. Okay. But okay. I have never seen a fan base, AKA you and all of these Notre Dame fans. Uh, turn Oklahoma, so Oklahoma just happened. But let me just say, Notre Dame has been Brian Kelly, like, positive forever. And just prior to this, people were saying that he's had this incredible tenure and he's capping off this season. Yeah, I have never seen fans turn so quickly on a man that was so beloved. This I don't know that he was as beloved as people outside well, of Notre people, Dame think. 
because people there, sure was, made it seem that way within the fan base itself. Like there was a lot of people who were Brian Kelly truthers about how good he actually was. Mm-hmm. And there was concerns that people like I had about his willingness to recruit mm-hmm. because, and there, that was a concern. A lot of the coaches at Notre Dame also had is that he's not willing to recruit hard enough, which is going to bite him in the backside when he goes to, LSU because oh, yeah. that be, that's what bit Dan Mullen was that Dan Mullen didn't like recruiting enough. And that's going to be, need to, you need to hire someone who's going to be a good recruiter. That's really why I think he's going to fail. He's not into recruiting enough. Not that he's not Southern enough, not that he's not Cajun enough. You know what I mean? Not that it's going to be funny to watch him be sunburned in September in Louisiana. It's that I don't think he's got the drive to recruit the way you need to in the sec. That I yeah. think is the issue for him at LSU anyways. Like, but no, like that was a knock on him at Notre Dame. It was, Yes, undeniably, he's the winningest coach in program history, though. In the last five years, he's won more you than say 10. reluctantly. <laughs> yeah. Your even your tone has changed. It's wild. It's wild. In the last five years, he's won at least 10 games, which is the first time that's ever happened in the history of Notre Dame football. First time they've had five straight 10 plus one seasons. You can't are, erase what accompl- he's done. Those are accomplishments you need to acknowledge and say he yeah. did a great job getting to this point. He stabilized Notre Dame for the 21st century. Yeah. He gave them a kind of a, this is how you win at Notre Dame past the Lou Holtz era. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now it's time, I'm excited for Marcus Freeman because it's time for someone to kick into high gear and bring energy and bring energy to recruitment. You know how Marcus Freeman recruits to Notre Dame? He tells kids that Notre Dame's Jay-Z. Mm. Notre Dame, a little bit older, but the most respected you're going to find mm. in the and they run everything. Did you come up with that yourself, or did no, you that, hear that? That's song? what that's what Marcus Freeman says. Oh, he's he that's actually his, says that. That's his recruiting pitch to high schoolers: is that Notre Dame is Jay Z. That's wild. That they control everything. I love that, but that's that they, wild. Their hands are everywhere. They control everything. They've got more power than you could ever believe. And that sounds like something. That sounds like something that I heard Herm Edwards say once. So I've never I don't know heard if that's Herm a, say it, but like. It sounds like something Herm Edwards would say, though. No, this is a Marcus Freeman thing, I know for sure, but I don't know about Herm. No, I'm I'm just saying that, it, like, yeah. if and I feel like, and it's just that type of like, just that pitch there is something that Brian Kelly could never have even thought of. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's he doesn't where, know who Jay Z is. There's no shot. No, there's not. There is no shot that Brian Kelly knows who Jay Z is. None, absolutely none. I'm so, going like, to tweet that right now. <laughs> There is no shot. <laughs> Brian yeah, Kelly out of knows. context, that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, but it's hilarious. <laughs> the people true. that know will know. You know I, what I mean? So at like 2 a.m., like the night that Brian Kelly left, I made a joke of like, I've got exclusive photos of Brian Kelly partying on Bourbon Street. It was like 2 a.m. Eastern, so no mm. one saw it because that's the way I like my tweets is nice and invisible. But it was just, yeah, but they I come up a, in the morning. Of, I yeah. see them in the morning. I know, but it was just a bunch of photos of like uh, Warwick Davis and his... Uh, makeup from the leprechaun movies which are terrible and you should watch them no never but this one louisiana fan goes oh you big time salty i was like not really i thought this was a funny joke it is funny please please don't print that i was angry i'm not you're not angry you're just making the best of the situation i'm excited and again not to the fact that notre dame uh promoted marcus freeman huge for Cincinnati because then it's luke fickle isn't taking the notre dame job hmm because yeah, poor Luke. Frankly, do you think he's going? Do you think he's going to Oklahoma? That's what no, I'm hearing. I, no, I don't. I, I, heard, See, I, I think they're going to make a push for him. I don't think he's going to take it. That's what I was saying on the show earlier with these guys. I was like, I don't think he goes anywhere. No, I. 
it's long since been said, reported, whatever you want, rumored, that Luke Fickle would leave Cincinnati for two jobs. One of them's Ohio State, and the other's Notre Dame. Notre Dame just opened and closed within 24 hours, basically, 48 hours, mm-hmm. whatever it was. And that, to, if you're a Cincinnati fan, should make you feel really good until Ryan Day takes the Bears job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until something Ryan like Day that to happens. the NFL, I could see. Chicago Bears, I'm telling you. Yeah. I could see it. Just like David Shaw to the Raiders. <laughs> that won't happen. <laughs> it might. All right. On you that note, happen. we're going to. Yeah. yeah. We got to get you out of here. We got to get I, me out of here before I keep I, talking yeah, about we Notre Dame. Get out. We both need to get out of here. What Anyways, is our tagline again? It, it's not fun. I, but it is what it is or something. It I don't is know. What I, forget. It is. I don't remember why I said 30 seconds ago. It's fine. It may not be fun, but it is what it is. I've got this issue here where if I start. Uh, talking and try to get to a long point where I have to like build up to it. I forget what the mm. point was halfway there and we end up moving on from it. I do it all the time. Where can people find you on social media, Dan? Dan underscore Morrison 96 on Twitter. I'm MLM on Twitter and, and Instagram. E-M-I-L-N-E-M. Not to be confused with Eminem, which some people have followed me thinking I was Eminem. They sure. were very disappointed. So I don't know why they would be. Uh, Aww. I know. And we're off. 